What is the gamma knife, and how has it changed the neurosurgical landscape, especially when it comes to oncology and brain surgery? Let's talk all about it with expert nurse Eric Philippot, right here on episode 238 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful you're here, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on the virtual airwaves for months or even years. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, medicine, nursing, and beyond. And did you know you can leave a rating and review for The Nurse Keith Show on iTunes and Apple Podcasts? That's right. It really helps other people find the show. It truly, truly does. And if you let me know that you did a rating and review, I will thank you on air and read your review to everyone who is listening. Would you do that for me, please? Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 238. Anywho, we are here and we are joined by Eric Philippot, and he is a nurse in St. Louis, Missouri. And Eric, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me, Keith, very much. Sure. And I want to jump right in and say, where did your interest in oncology come from? Because you work at the Gamma Knife Center at Siteman Cancer Center. So how did you get into nursing onc? Well, it started, uh, got my degree in 86, did a year of medicine, but then I uh, went to the neurosurgery OR and it's grown from that period in 87, started in 87. Okay. So neurosurgery but did you make a, a very clear transition into oncology? That came along with the stereotactic radiosurgery program here. One of the docs, I transitioned to a nurse coordinator position, working with a couple of the neurosurgeons uh, in their practice here at Barnes Jewish Hospital. And uh, one of them specialized in uh, this radiosurgery on a LINAC-based system, treating focally brain tumors uh, in other processes or problems in the brain. And uh, from that LINAC-based stereotactic program, uh, the Gamma Knife arrived here in 98 with that. And also, I have been uh, was in charge of starting the Neuro-Oncology Tumor Board here when I became a nurse coordinator in 1992. So I've been running the Neuro-Oncology Tumor Board here at Barnes, WashU, since 92. So okay. long time. Please pardon my ignorance, mm -hmm. um, but I've never worked in oncology, and there may be a nurse out there listening who totally knows what you're talking about, <laughs> um, but there might be another nurse thinking, what the hell is a tumor board? So can you explain that? There's a group of uh, the neurosurgeons, radiation oncologists, medical oncologists who specialize in, in neurosurgery, neuro-oncology problems, primary brain tumors, metastatic tumors, uh, the pathologists, pet, who am I missing? that comes to tumor board, but we all get together weekly to discuss uh, cases, pa uh, patients' uh, cases, and uh, we try to come away with a, um, I guess you call it a game plan, a treatment plan for the patient, what's best, what protocols are available, you know, what can we do for this oh, person? Oh, so it's like a, it's like any kind of committee, but this is specifically related to tumors and coming up with a plan of treatment. Okay. Attack. 
Yes, correct. Care. We don't call it a plan of attack. Sorry about that. We call it a plan of care. That's right. So what is a gamma knife? I actually am not familiar. I've read a little bit about it since reading about you, but could you explain for that nurse out there who like really wants to know what a gamma knife is? It's a uh, neurosurgical radiation oncology uh, combined effort. It's a machine that can deliver very focused radiation conformally to the particular problem in your brain. The only thing that fits in the gamma knife is your head, and we can shape the radiation to, let's say you have a snowman-shaped tumor. Okay. We'll shape that radiation to that snowman-shaped tumor, just hitting that area and leaving the rest of your brain alone, uh, just, uh, again, targeting the tumor. Uh, your rest of your brain gets very little radiation, so which is oh. very nice because we don't hit the good stuff. We, leave, you know, we just hit the bad stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in the brain. I, I treasure mine, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's I, a lot yeah. of useful, useful things happening up there, generally speaking, mm-hmm. though sometimes I'll, I'll feel a little bit more brain dead, but that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a knife. Am I understanding that it's specifically used only for brain surgery, only for brain cancers? brain cancers, but there's other things we also can treat besides metastatic tumors, mm-hmm. uh, pri- other primary brain tumors, like vestibular schwannomas, pituitary adenomas, meningiomas. There's a, quite a few different things, tumors we treat in the brain, but we can also do functional treatments like for trigeminal neuralgia. Some people still call it tic rue, that bad face pain. We target right. the fifth cranial nerve. Right. Uh, uh, essential tremor. If someone has a tremor and they're not a surgical candidate for a deep brain stimulator, uh, we can target an area in your brain and hopefully they can get rid of their essential tremor. Uh, It's a functional case. Seizures. So there's some, some other things that we can treat, make ablative lesions or, you know, treat the fifth cranial nerve that are not cancers. They're not a disease process per se, but a, uh, we call it a functional functional problem that we can treat to make uh, with the gamma knife. I see. And the fifth cranial nerve is the trigeminal. I was just thinking back to nursing school <laughs> on old Olympus towering tops. So T, yeah. trigeminal, right? You're spot on. You're That's spot right. On. And if I remember correctly, four is towering top transducens, trans... Uh, Olympus towering uh, tops. Tri- oh, well. Someone's out there right now screaming at the nerve. thing. I know what it is. That I know is what cranial core is. Right. <laughs> so what are some of the greatest achievements that you've witnessed with the gamma knife, with this very focused radiation? Is there a case you'd like to share that is just you thought was phenomenal or really shows us the power of this? Treatment. There's a young woman with a arterial venous malformation and AVM in their brain. Mm-hmm. That's an abnormal shortcut of blood vessels from the arteries to your veins in your brain. They tend to hemorrhage. You get seizures, headaches. She had a nice, a good medium-sized AVM. And uh, you know, in my profession in neuro-oncology, I don't get to say the word cure very much. That's it's a, a a fact. It's kind of sad. Right. But right. Uh, with the AVMs, our success rate is very high and, you know, it went away in no sequela from the treatment. She's fine. Had had kids now. So yeah, it's, it's a great thing. It's, a, it's nice saying that word, cure. Wow. And for, she was 30, you said, or 31? Uh, she was in her mid-20s. Mid-20s. So, I mean, for you as a nurse, 
to witness this person in the prime of their early life. Like we could say the spring of her life, like mm -hmm. she hasn't even reached the summer yet. Mm -hmm. And for you to be able to witness this person be cured of something that could eventually be fatal. Correct. 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 Yes, sir. Um, I mean, what level of satisfaction do you do you experience from something like that? It, it puts a smile on my face. It's, it's yeah. great. Yeah. And I'm assuming that, you know, as wonderful as the gamma knife is, there's probably sometimes you all go in there and you're like, hmm, this is a little, this is a little too far gone. Yes, we, it occurs. It occurs. We bring them in and this is an outpatient surgical procedures, a one-time treatment. Most of the time you come in in the morning, we'll image them to, for our targeting. And then we find, you know, some surprises, some, some progression. And right. then gamma knife is not the correct tool anymore to, to use. And that, you know, that discussion with the patient at that point is, is, is tough. Mm -hmm. you, try to, you, you stay positive uh, with that discussion. The you know, physicians are there with us and they explain what was found and how, you know, how we're going to proceed from that point. I see. But, but it's still tough. It's tough. Oh, I bet. I mean, I've talked to many people in oncology, including people who practice in pediatrics. And there's, I mean, emotionally, it can be pretty tough on you sometimes, I'm assuming. Yep. With the yeah. gamma knife, we can treat uh, about um, four-ish or so. With the gamma knife, I've treated a 100-year-old uh, lady wow. with the gamma knife. So quite the span we can uh, use this tool on. Amazing. Wow. So what would you want other people to understand about the gamma knife? And I want to ask specifically if there's a nurse out there listening who's like, oh my God, we need this at our facility. Like the closest gamma knife is a thousand miles away. Right. Um, what would you want people to know and how could they take that information to the powers that be where they work and say, hey, this would be a really awesome tool for us. How can we make it happen? I agree. Uh, there's, there's, the gamma knife is a, the most precise tool for focused radiation in the brain. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a robust machine. It never, it, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx myself, but it's never okay. down. It doesn't break down. I'm uh, knocking right now. Yeah. <laughs> and in it, really really works uh, control rates for the you know the most common thing we do are metastatic tumors you know it's like 80 percent control 80 90 percent what we target uh the benign brain tumors meningiomas control rate keeping from growing is a good 90 percent uh, success rate for cure for avms is you know 90 good 90 uh wow. trigeminal neuralgia it's a tough, tough nut to crack, but you know, seventy percent, a good seventy percent. It get hopefully gets rid of that facial pain. Mm -hmm. So that it really works. It's a usually it's a one time treatment. We have the newest version where we could do some fractionated, some broke broke up radiation treatments three times or five times with a mask instead of a halo. But uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's a tool that really works. Doesn't break down. It spares people whole brain radiation uh, side effects. You, after whole brain radiation, you can take a cognitive hit. Uh, you're you know, not as sharp. Your short-term memory is not as, as good as it used to be. So we, if we can spare those side effects, and people are living a lot longer in the, you hear all those commercials on, on television about, you know, I'm living longer with my lung cancer because of the immunotherapies and the targeted therapies. 
So if we can take care of what's going on in the brain, that systemic treatments are working and people are, are definitely living a lot longer with, uh, you know, uh, metastatic cancers. That's, that's really wonderful. So you're the operations manager of the Gamma Knife Center at Siteman Cancer Center, right? Correct. And Siteman, you were explaining to me before we hopped on here, the Siteman Cancer Center is at the Barnes Jewish Hospital and Washington University School of Medicine, which is an international leader in cancer treatment, research, prevention, education, and community outreach. And you're the only cancer center in Missouri to hold the prestigious Comprehensive Cancer Center designation and an exceptional rating from the National Cancer Institute. So this is a pretty cutting-edge hospital. I'm, I'm absolutely, uh, absolutely. The protocols and the technology, not only here in the Gamma Knife, but uh, you know, I'm familiar with the neurosurgery uh, and also radiation oncology. They have uh, one of the first miniaturized proton machine. Uh, they're getting a second one, uh, pencil beam proton machine. ViewRay, that's an MRI scanner that's married to a linear accelerator, a machine that does radiation. Hmm. Uh, the tools, the technology, the protocols that the, this whole cancer center in the hospital have is second to none is, as far as I can, I'm concerned uh, if we have the tools to fix you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you didn't say cure because I know it doesn't always happen, but fixing sounds like a lot of fixing goes on there. And I, I get from you there's a lot of satisfaction because their success rate is pretty high. I mean, those are very, some of the statistics you shared are pretty great. I mean, 70%, 80%, 90% success. So, you know, oncology has been developing and evolving so quickly and technology is, is so exciting in the ways it's evolving right now. I agree. You know, even though, you know, I've been doing neurosurgery for a little over 30 years, that's a short period of time in the grand scheme of medicine, Mm -hmm. but the technology and that I've seen, uh, what's the techniques in the OR uh, techniques in radiation oncology have changed dramatically over that, you know, 30 years is yeah, a good long time, but in medicine, that's very short. And it's it's exponentially you know changing daily, and it's it's nice to be part of that. Right, and I assume I mean it sounds like you know a lot about the gamma knife and these other interventions. I'm assuming the gamma knife has also evolved itself since 1990, whatever, when it first emerged on the market. Yeah, well, it came into the states in the late mid 80s, mid 80s, with a Model U unit. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, they're the big guns of Gamma Knife. Uh, we got our Gamma Knife, uh, the second generation in 1998. It was Model B. So mm-hmm. the alphabet in Sweden, where it's made, I guess, went from U to B. Oh, it's Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. Okay. Yep. And then uh, from in uh, 2002, 2003, we got a Model C, a little bit more automated. The first, mm-hmm. first B was very hands on. The C was a little bit more automated. In 2008, we had the perfection model, so that's our third model. And then in um, 2013, we got the perfection Mm. upgraded model. Uh, And then um, about a year and a half now, we have the icon, which is the newest and fanciest version 
out there. Icon. Okay. Icon. So, so the perfection was good, but it sounds like the icon was even better. Yeah. I, I didn't think you could improve on perfection was my running joke, but I guess you can <laughs> with the icon. Correct. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's always room for improvement and the development of technology in this world right now is absolutely stunning. And yes. we've done a couple episodes here on the Nurse Keith show several months ago about innovation. And innovation is just exploding in medicine and nursing. And a lot of nurses are actually getting involved in innovation themselves. Yeah, the, um, yes. Absolutely. The Ohio State University has their own innovation studio where people can learn 3D printing and the development of products. So when we come back from the break, we're going to take a little quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about your career and I also want to talk about your recommendations for that nurse out there, one, who's interested in oncology, two, who's interested in this kind of stuff that you're doing, which is highly technological, mm -hmm. and also other aspects of what you do that you'd like to share. So don't go away, and we'll be right back after the break. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. So thanks for hanging out here with us here on episode 238 of the Nurse Keith Show. Remember that the show notes are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 238. Eight. Eric Philippot, thanks for being here with us and for hanging out on the second half. My pleasure. Thanks for again asking me. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, before the break, we talked about a little bit about what you do at Siteman. You're the operations manager of the Gamma Knife Center at Siteman Cancer Center. And you've been a nurse since 1986. You beat me by 10 years, even though we're the same age. <laughs> and um, we both agreed that we're old farts, but that's okay. You know, the world needs right. farts, right? Correct. So, you know, we were talking about the Gamma Knife, your success rates, everything that it treats, and we were also talking about all the excitement around technology, and we were also speaking specifically about oncology. Mm -hmm. So in terms of oncology and the technology that you see emerging, 
What is exciting you right now that you're seeing, whether it's related to what you do or it's related to something different, just something that has lit your fire? Well, the, back in when I you know, started in neuro-oncology, there was, people would say, would we give chemotherapy for these brain tumors? And the, the answer was no because of the blood-brain barrier. Nowadays, the, the, the molecules and of these, uh, these chemotherapies, targeted therapies, immune therapy, it passes the blood-brain barrier and it really works. So that in itself, people, you know, they were always afraid they were going to get sick with their chemotherapy. Sure. Sometimes uh, the stuff they're, they're giving, it's, it doesn't really affect the person at all. They don't even really know they're, you know, taking a, use the generic term chemotherapy, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it doesn't have as side effects as it used to be. I uh, see. So that and the and medical oncology side is great. Uh, and the protocols and, and stuff uh, is just, it's just changing daily. I know the protocols here at uh, Barnes Jewish Washu are continuously coming and coming. They tried different things. The technology and the neuro OR from interop MRI to the, the right angle laser, the lit procedure mm -hmm. that uh, neurosurgeons, some of my neurosurgeons do, uh, very minimally invasive uh, type of you know surgery for taking care of brain tumors. Sure, is now present. Uh, it's, it's just if someone in nurse in medicine, uh, whatever field they're in, it's an ever changing environment and uh, embrace it. Uh, learn. Uh, I come to work looking to learn every day. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that lights my fire to come in because each case, each, each patient is a challenge. And again, that's what uh, keeps me coming in. Yeah. And the term that comes up for me a lot around for nurses and people in medicine to stay, to stay interested, like if you're going to remain plugged in and excited and not just resting on your laurels, but looking to the future, which we all need to continue to do, but we can also get stuck in the past, right? Correct. That's the way it's always been done. You know, we're not going to innovate because that's scary and let's just keep doing things the way we're doing. It sounds like for you coming into work, I would think that curiosity plays a huge role because you have to approach each patient, each situation with fresh eyes. And I I agree. Yeah. I agree. How does that figure, you know, because in cancer with things evolving so much, you have to keep up with the changes and I'm sure the changes are very hard to keep your finger on the pulse of because mm -hmm. they're happening all the time. So what do you do personally to stay up on the latest and greatest stuff that's happening out there? I work with a great team, uh, both nurses, the physicians, and, and their groups, uh, they can, one, the medical oncologists and, and their team are up on there. The neurosurgeons are up on what's newest and greatest there. The, the MRI folks who read our films, MRI technology and sequences are always evolving. So it's a team approach. You know, I, yes, I focus on treating our gamma knife patients here and the details that go along with each particular patient's situation. But as a team, uh, we can manage all this information and uh, use it to the best for the patient's care. Mm -hmm. Great. 
Great. So you have a multidisciplinary collaborative approach. The nurse is just as important as the neurosurgeon or the doctor or the oncologist or the, the hematologist. You all have to be present because everybody has something to bring to the table. Right? Absolutely. I, I preach that when I, if I have a new staff member coming on, mm -hmm. I say they're as important as the neurosurgeon, as the radiation oncologist, the medical physicist. We could not the patient cannot be treated unless we do our jobs correctly. Uh, it's it, Again, they're an equal. Uh, everybody's an equal. Yeah. And you have to listen. You have to be curious. You have to have an open mind, open heart, and be willing to look at things through a different lens sometimes. Absolutely. Right? And, and a good things happen when that occurs. Right. And when, like I was saying a few minutes ago, when we're stuck in the past, when, we, when we're afraid of innovation, when we're afraid of change, and we want to stick with the way things have always been done, that's where, that's where patients, patients suffer because we're not, our minds aren't open enough for us to be creative in the way we're thinking about a situation. I agree. I mean, all the, all the, all the staff, all the people that I work with and that, that are involved in the neuro-oncology patient, no one's a cowboy. No one has a chip on their shoulder. Right. Uh, it's a great work environment. And we all learn together each and every day. Wow. Okay. So I want to rewind to a question we didn't finish answering back in the first half of the show. And that was, if there's a nurse out there working in oncology right now, even interventional radiology, and they don't have a gamma knife, how can that nurse convince her particular or his particular facility to lay down the money to get one of these new icon versions of the gamma knife, which I'm sure costs a pretty pin. They're not cheap, but uh, I think the technology will bring, see, if you have it, people will come. Right. Patients will come. Right. Uh, it will pay for itself. You know, I know medicine, it's a lot of revenue-driven decisions. I understand. Uh, but mm -hmm. this tool will bring patients to your oncology program, your program will grow. I think it's a it's a win-win for not only the patients, the folks who work there, but the facility too. Right. Right. And I'm sure there's plenty of facilities in this country that haven't haven't made this leap yet. Uh, yes, there's yeah. not that many. Gamma knives in St. Louis, closest ones I uh, there's one in Peoria, Illinois, Memphis. Kansas City, Chicago has a couple, Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So you know they're not next door to one another most of the time. They're mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're expensive machines, so you got to have the patient uh, population to make it you know viable tool to use. But uh, with people with you know their cancers and they're living a lot longer, so I think it's a good tool to have right. nearby. Right. And if I'm a nurse out there and I work in oncology, maybe I'm an operations director like you, or maybe, maybe I'm a boots on the ground nurse, you know, I can go to the Gamma Knife websites. I can read about it. I can find research and articles and everything else that's out there and present the case to those, the powers that be, the people who hold the purse strings and say, look, look at what we can do. Look at the outcomes we can produce. This could really be worth our while. Yes. It's very black and white in the literature. Yes. I yeah. agree. It's there. Yeah. 
And I mean, if you want to talk to the numbers people, the people who hold the purse strings and release the, you know, they cut the checks, then you have to speak their language. So you can't go in there all touchy feely saying, oh, patients are going to, you know, dot, dot, dot. You have to go in and say, look, 70% success rate with this, 90% success rate with that. This is what it costs. This is the outcomes we can have. And here's a projection of volume. How many people might come in because it's going to be the only gamma knife center within a 500 mile radius. Correct. There are arguments to make for technological innovation, but we all know that money, oftentimes that that financial bottom line is the thing that can stand in the way of innovation. Mm -hmm. But if you have the, 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 you know, your, your patient population or in a particular region with this tool, people will come, people will come. Right. Exactly. Now, getting back to you, so you live in St. Louis and you've been a nurse since 1986 and you have a BSN at this point, right? Yes, just a bachelor's. Yeah, just a bachelor's. You know, oh, it's not just a bachelor's. <laughs> bachelor's is a bachelor's. It's yeah, yeah. education. <laughs> I've always, you know, <laughs> have I regretted not going back for uh, for further education? Yes. Mm-hmm. But again, I do get to learn every day here. I'm still, yes, I have the, uh, the title of operations manager, but I still do the have the luxury, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, to do the same thing as my staff does. I'm still boots on the ground. I start IVs. I was up in the MRI managing a patient earlier today. Mm-hmm. I, I still take care of, of patients. So it's, I've got the best, you know, best of both worlds, I guess. I don't sit right. much at my desk. Yeah. You obviously <laughs> like the hands-on. You're, it sounds like you don't want to lose touch with physically, like lose touch with patient care. You want to be in there doing stuff. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How else? I mean, you can manage people. Anyone can manage people. But if you actually understand what your nurses do, you know, your direct reports are doing every day, that helps you to help them. Correct. Right? Uh, and again, like I said, I have the luxury of doing that. I'm there with them, as you said earlier in the trenches. and uh, And that's, I think, I enjoy that very much. Right. Now, back at the beginning of the episode, we agreed that we're both old farts. <laughs> We've been around the block a couple times. Um, what do you picture for yourself in the future? Is there something you'd like to do or experience? Or is there anything you'd like to see medically or nursing-wise that you haven't seen yet? Wow. Tough question. Uh, yeah. Looking into the future, my crystal ball you know, mm-hmm. is not working. Darn. Uh, darn. But uh, I think I just, the technology, the changing of technology, you know, floats my boat and uh, I enjoy seeing what's, what's around the corner. So just seeing what's coming next keeps me interested and will keep me coming in because I don't know what's coming. Right. And um, so that curiosity is, is, is one of my flames that, that I come into work, you know, for. Yeah. And curiosity, you know, they used to say curiosity killed the cat, but um, don't tell my cat, George, I said that, yeah. but, you know, but curiosity, I feel like is one of the engines of innovation. It's one of the engines of having a career that you can really feel good about because you are intellectually, emotionally, and mentally engaged in what you do, right? I, yes, absolutely. You know, I've my name's on a few papers I've helped with over the years. Just you know, being part 
participating in that Wonderful. Uh, makes makes you feel good. You've 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 contributed to the medical you know environment and in changes uh, in, for the betterment of patient care. Right, and let's say you know you and I are both in our mid fifties. Mm-hmm. So let's say you work another fifteen years. Could can you picture doing this particular type of work for those fifteen years? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not as young as I used to be. Uh, yeah, pushing and tugging that. on on patients, lifting and and whatnot. It's it's you know I'm not as young as I used to be. My body's not quite as young as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, men- mentally, I'll try uh-huh. uh, to push push the push the body. But yeah, I'll still be around probably in in this field, neuro, neurosurgery, radiation oncology for the rest of my career. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a part-time job as a St. Louis County police officer in the reserve unit. I did 11 wow. years there and enjoyed that part of my life, but uh, life, you know, obligations and uh, priorities change. But uh, I think I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the, until I, you know, hang up my shingle. Yeah. When you're, um, you say, okay, I'm going to go, um, play golf or do whatever and, and, um, put my nursing work aside. Yeah. I feel, feel like I have stuff to contribute, uh, Mm -hmm. my, my experience pass on. I enjoy the teaching part, uh, with new nurses coming on board, the residents, even attendings, uh, that I work with. This is a teaching, you know, a teaching hospital. Sure. Uh, So I, I enjoy that, that part, that interaction, that teaching aspect yeah. of my position. That's great. I'm sure you're a great mentor to to many people and people look up to you because you've been around and you know what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah. And um speaking of new nurses, you just said, you know, teaching, passing on your knowledge. For that nurse out there listening right now, let's say she or he is either a student or just out of school or maybe they've been in nursing couple years doing med surge or telemetry or something. If they're interested in this kind of work, either oncology or specifically interventional radiology, um, even this highly specialized work you do, what does that person need to get under his or her belt in order to be an attractive candidate to break into this specialty? Well, like you, I think just having a good, good basic background of medicine and nursing, I think that everything grows, you know, off that bottom of that pyramid. Yes. And I'm glad I did, you know, year in medicine when I got out of school, I learned a lot uh, in my assessment skills. And then if you're interested in any particular, you know, in our profession, we do a lot of learning on the job. It's the way it is. You learn sure. as you do. Just in time uh, learning. Correct. Yeah. So if you have that curiosity that drive to ask questions. Yeah, I think no question is, is not worth is is worth asking. Uh, if you have that that flame to to learn uh, getting into oncology, radiation oncology, neurosurgery, or any field, cardiology, any field, just ask the questions, want to learn, and in, in no time you'll be the one that folks are coming to ask questions and learning from because you've asked those questions and now they're asking you. Right. So yeah, just to have that drive. Right. Accumulate knowledge, accumulate experience. And I always say, you know, if you're interested in something, find somebody who does that thing, ask them if you can buy them a cup of coffee, sit down and say, Hey, so tell me how you got where you are. 
what do you do? What are the what are the ups and downs of this particular work that you do, say doing gamma knife and interventional radiology? Mm-hmm. And if I want to get into this, what would you recommend I do? I agree with nursing. Uh, you know, there's so many different fields, sure, and aspects you can get into. That's that's you gotta you gotta love that part mm-hmm. of the nursing career because if you try something that doesn't really fit, geez, look look around. Yep, it's it's a great field that that has so much diversity in it uh, that it, it just you know opens up the world for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, Eric, you're very well spoken. You seem to have such a passion and interest in what you do and that that essential curiosity. And I'm sure beyond the shadow of a doubt that a lot of people look up to you and see you as an expert. And I know there's always more to learn, but you're one of those people now that others come to you with questions. And Thanks for doing that great work out in the world and inspiring other people and helping patients. And thanks for being here to have this conversation. It's really fascinating. And I think it's going to light a couple people's fire out there. Appreciate you having me. Thanks. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Nurse Keith Show. And remember those show notes. And you can learn all about Eric and the work he does at Siteman Cancer Center at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 238. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode and maybe even just a little curious to take some inspired action in the interest of your career and your professional development. And if you head over to nursekeith.com to the resources drop-down menu, you're going to find all sorts of things like jobs from Reload, jobs from ZipRecruiter, and even the ability to get your ACLS or BLS certification or recertification for free the first time you do it. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his awesome team at thepodcastinggroup.com. And Mark Cappy Spiesen is my amazing social media ringmaster. Please tune in again and again. We're going to continue to explore these great interviews and conversations about how to take your personal and professional life to the next level. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful and pretty hot Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Eric Philippot bidding you adieu from St. Louis, where it's hot and humid here. Hot and muggy and hot and dry here in Santa Fe. Thank you, Eric. And we will catch everyone on the flip side. Adios. 